Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. God, we love you today, and we're so grateful for lives that have been changed and transformed for your glory. God, thank you for people that are being made different. God, we confess it's not because of us, it's because of you. It's because of your spirit that's at work. So, Lord, we give you the glory today for lives that have been changed. But, God, we give you glory in advance for lives that will be changed. God, people that are going to be made different because of your glory and because of your goodness. So, God, we honor you. We thank you. And we give you the praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Yeah, give God a round of applause today. God is good. It is so good to see you today. You can be seated. Um, if you're a guest with us here at Summit Church, just know today's a little bit different than what we normally do, but one of the things we normally do is bring glory to God and uh, celebrate God's goodness and grace in our lives. Um, but what we do today is we have a little bit longer worship and we have a little bit of a shorter message and uh, we just really go after God. And so I'm glad that you're with us today. I'm glad you're worshiping with us today. Um, we started a series two weeks ago on Easter Sunday called God of the Comeback. And what this series has really been all about is um, that each of us, whether we realize it or not, in some area of our life, need a comeback. Maybe it's in the area of relationships or your finances, or maybe it's your walk with God. But the truth is, all of us need a comeback in some area or another. And, and I believe our God is a God of the comeback. He's a God of hopeless situations. And you might be in a place today, in a situation that you feel like is hopeless, that's beyond repair, that's beyond reconciliation or restoration, but I'm telling you today, our God is a God of, of hopeless situations. He's a God of the comeback. Um, whether you like sports or you like a good story, we all like a comeback. And there's several things we see in a good comeback. We see that there's a big deficit. Um, in sports, the score may be very lopsided, uh, but, but there's a gap between what we want and what we have. And in our lives, maybe you recognize that there's a gap between what you want and what you have. Um, the odds have to be long odds. It has to be improbable that, that there's a comeback. That makes a comeback even sweeter. And then the stakes have to be important. If something important is not on the line, then the comeback doesn't really matter. And those are the things we see in a good comeback. And we talked about the greatest comeback of all a few weeks ago was the comeback that Jesus, he, he rallied and came back from the dead and walked out of the grave. And that facilitates a comeback for each of us in our lives. And I'm grateful for that. I want to talk to you just for a couple minutes today about a guy that maybe you've heard of. His name's Moses. And if you're new to church or new to God, maybe you've heard his name before, but maybe you don't know much about him. You can find out more about him in the book of Exodus. I want to read a couple of passages to you today. But, but Moses was a Hebrew. He was a Jewish man. He was born and then he was raised by the Pharaoh's daughter. So the, the Jewish people were in captivity in Egypt and they had been for 400 years. And Moses is born and he's raised in Pharaoh's household as a prince of Egypt. And he recognizes, he knows he's Jewish and he recognizes one day the Jews are being oppressed and he sees a specific situation and he goes and he takes action. And he kills the Egyptian who's oppressing this Jewish man. And he thinks he did a good job, but then he realizes that, hey, it's gotten out. The scripture tells us that he looks around, he thinks no one knows, and he does this and he hides the body. But then he finds out people know about it. And in fact, Pharaoh knows and he wants to have him killed for it. So Moses leaves, he flees. And he ends up out in the wilderness, the backside of the desert, 
in this place called Midian. And he comes into favor with the, the priest of Midian, a man named Jethro. And this is where I, I want to pick the story up in Exodus chapter 2, verse 21. It says, And Moses was content to dwell with the man, talking of, of Jethro. And he said, And he gave Moses his daughter, Zipporah. She gave birth to a son, and he called him Gershom. For he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. And so in this moment, he identifies himself. He said, I, you know, I used to be Jewish, and then I was a prince of Egypt, but now I'm not either one of those things. Now I'm a, I'm a sojourner. I'm a wanderer in a foreign land. I'm a foreigner. And in this day and age, there was few things that were worse than being a foreigner in a foreign land uh, because they didn't have their own um, land, their own property. Uh, they were marginalized by society. And he said, this is just who I am. But it's interesting because scripture says, and Moses was content to dwell with the man. He had thought he had a purpose in his life and he ends up in the wilderness on the run for his life. And he finds himself in a place where he says, well, I'm, I'm content. I guess I can settle here. I guess I can find peace here. Uh, I left my old life behind and I guess this is just where I've ended up. And when I read this passage, I think so many of us are the same way. So many of us ended up in a place that we never thought we would end up. We've gone someplace we never thought we would go. We did something we never thought we could do. And now we have identified ourselves as that. We said, you know what? I used to be a good guy. I used to have a good job. I used to have a family, but now this is where I'm at. And I guess this is just who I am. And we settle. We go, maybe God had a plan for my life at one point, but that plan is gone. And we settle. We say, this is just who I am now. I'm never going to overcome. I'm never going to achieve. I'm never going to do anything great for God. I'm never going to have a healthy, ha happy family. I'm never going to get out of financial bondage. I'm never going to. This is just who I am. And one of the things I've realized is the biggest comeback, uh, the biggest enemy to your comeback is your comfort. We get comfortable in a place and we see this even in the children of Israel. They're in captivity in Egypt. And when it came time for them to leave, a lot of them said, why don't we just go back? Because at least we knew what we had in captivity. And that's the attitude that many of us have. We go, yeah, I don't like where I'm at, but it's scary to think about what might be in the future. And at least I know where I'm at. And our, as weird as this is to say, we grow comfortable in our captivity. We grow comfortable in our dysfunction. And we identify as that. And we go, this is just who I am. And I'm telling you today, the biggest enemy of your comeback is your comfort. We grow accustomed to our shackles. And God wants you to overcome that. He wants you to see that he's got a purpose and a plan for you that you can't even begin to understand. He, he wants you to see that you are a prime candidate for a comeback if you'll just trust him. Um, so Moses, he was a shepherd for his father-in-law and he's going around gathering up the sheep and he's walking along one day and he sees this bush that's on fire and he goes to investigate and he gets a little closer and the voice of the Lord calls to him and the Lord basically says um, in, in Exodus chapter 3, in the course of three verses, twice, he says, I've seen and heard about my people, Israel, in captivity in Egypt. He says, I've seen what they're going through and I've heard their cries. And he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send a deliverer to rescue them and he's going to take them out of captivity and he's going to take them to a land flowing with milk and honey. A land that's broad and wide. And what he's describing to Moses is he's casting vision for what he desires for his people. And he says, I see a people who are in captivity, but I don't want them to live in captivity. I want them to be, live in freedom. I want them to have their promised land. I want them to live, being able to take a deep breath and live their life the way they feel led to instead of living in bondage. 
And I love this because this is what God sees for us as well. He sees people and he sees people in captivity. He said, that is not my heart for you. That's not my desire for you. I've got a vision for you. My vision for you is to let you live in freedom, that you're not in captivity anymore, that you don't have to worry about your situation or your circumstance. I want to orchestrate a comeback in your life. Moses says, that's a great idea. Somebody should do that. And God says, you should do that. Moses was a little uncomfortable with that. He he refused God several times. But this is what what happens in Exodus 3.10. It says, God is speaking. He says, come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? See, when God asks us to do something, a a lot of times our default answer is, who am I? Who am I? God, have you not seen how badly I've messed up? Have you not seen what my life looks like? Do you see where I'm at? I'm a failure. I can't, I don't have a platform. I'm not a great speaker. I don't have any skills. Why would you use me, God? Who am I? So when God asks us to do something, we immediately default to that. A lot of times we go, God, who am I? You can find somebody more talented. You can find somebody better looking. Who am I? And we do that too whenever God calls us to salvation. He says, come home, come back to me. And we go, but, but who am I? I've sinned, man, I've messed up. I've lied, I've cheated, I've, I've messed up a family, I've messed up my marriage, I've gone too far. Who am I to deserve salvation? But God continues to pursue us just like he does with, with Moses. He continues to pursue and says, you are lovely and beautiful and I want you, I choose you. See, Moses thought he was just a shepherd. See, at one point he was a prince of Egypt. At one point he was a Hebrew, but now who is he? Who am I? I'm just a shepherd, I'm an exile, I'm a foreigner. I'm just a shepherd. I don't belong anywhere. And many of us do the same thing. What Moses didn't understand was God wanted to see a comeback in his life. And the enemy will undermine your comeback by questioning your identity. If you look at the New Testament, that's what Satan did to Jesus several times. He said, are you really the son of God? If, If you're really the son of God, turn those stones into bread. If you're really the son of God, throw yourself off the precipice. If that's who you really are. See, what the enemy was doing is questioning the identity of Jesus. And that's what he does to us as well. He questions our identity. Well, if if you're really loved by God, then why would you act like that? If you're really worthy, if you really are called, if you're really a good mom, if you're really a good dad, and what the enemy does is he undermines our comeback by questioning our identity. What we have to understand is that more than anything else, more than a husband or a wife or a dad or a mom, any of those kind of things, you are a child of God. If you're bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, you are a child of God. And that entitles you to a comeback. See, what what Moses didn't understand is that in the moment of his failure was actually a glimpse of his identity. See, in the moment of his failure, when he took the life of the Egyptian, he saw the wrong that was happening against the Jews, and and he took action and he killed this man. He did the wrong thing. He should not have done that. But that is a glimpse of his identity because something rose up in him and said, something needs to be done. This has to stop. Someone needs to do something and I'm going to do it. Now, what happened is his identity manifested in a man-made way. He forced it. 
It wasn't God's timing yet. But that was a glimpse to his identity. And I'm telling you today, there's some of you here, you feel like you have blown it, that you failed, you've gone too far for God to redeem you and to restore you and to bring you home. But I'm telling you today, God's got an identity for you. And you might think you're a failure, but God sees you as a deliverer. You might think you're a shepherd, but God sees you as a man or woman of God that can be used for his purposes. So Moses, he goes, finally relents, and he goes to Egypt, and he is talking with the, the, the Jewish leaders, the Jewish high council, and it says, um, basically, he gets favor with them. They believe. They're cool. They, they, they want to they wanna go forward and see what God will do. And, and I'm just telling you today, God wants to move in us. And the way that happens is um, by what we see in Exodus 3.10. Uh, it says, come, I was, oh, I'm sorry, in Exodus. There it is. 4.31. And it says, and the people believed and when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshiped. So these people had been in captivity 400 years and they said, what, God wants to use us? God wants to rescue us? Well, let's go, let's go storm the gates. No, they said, okay, what do we need to do? Let's worship. Let's just press into God and see what he'll do. Let's go after God and just ask him to bless our, our efforts. And that's what we're gonna do together today. In just a few minutes, we're gonna go back and we're gonna worship and sing a couple more songs together. We're gonna pursue God and just ask him to rescue us, to help us. Um, some of you today feel like you're stuck and you're in a pit. Some of you today feel like uh, you're that person that needs a comeback. And I'm telling you, worship is a catalyst for your comeback today. We don't feel like worshiping when we need a comeback, do we? When we need a comeback, a lot of times we don't even wanna go to church. We don't want to be around people that are happy or people that are worshiping. We just want to be left alone. And that is the worst possible thing we can do. Because when we begin to press in in spite of how we feel, it is a catalyst for action in our life. And God can begin to move the pieces and help us see a comeback. And that's what he wants. But before we even get there, the most important comeback we can see in our life is the comeback in your relationship with Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity to make that right today. So if you would, bow your head and close your eyes all over this room. And if you're here today and you say, Mel, I need to come back spiritually. I, I don't really know who I am. I, I've gone through the motions. Maybe you've done all the right things, but the truth is you're here today and you're not walking with Christ. The truth is you are not a follower of Jesus. Maybe your identity is off. Yeah, you can raise your hand. I'm good with that. Maybe you're here today and your identity is found in something else besides Christ, and you say, I need to find my new identity in him. I'm not making anybody come forward. I just want to pray with you where you're at. So if that's you, raise your hand real high and say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life today. Thank you. A couple of hands in the center section. You can put your hands down. Who else would join these and say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life today? Thanks. Over here on my right, I see you over there. Praise God. Thank you. Open the balcony. Thank you. Over here on my right, I see you. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I see you up there. Praise God. Just a few more seconds. Anybody else? Say, that's me. Pray for me, Mel. Thanks. Up in the balcony. I see a couple hands up there. You put your hands down, ladies. Thank you. Praise God. I want to ask every person in this place, whether you raised your hand or not, to pray this really simple prayer after me. Say this out loud. Say, dear Jesus, 
Thank you for loving me. And thank you for saving me by paying the price for my sins on the cross. Today, I am yours. Take my life, my wins and my losses, my strengths and my weaknesses, and use it all for your glory. I'm gonna chase after you because you are Lord of my life. And I'm never going back to my old ways or my old life. Today, I am yours. And today, you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a round of applause today. <laughs> I just want you to know, if you responded today, I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to see what God does in your life. Now, this is the thing. When we, when we accept Jesus as Lord, it doesn't make our lives magically perfect. We don't hit the reset button and everything is roses and we're whistling a tune and skipping to work and the roses are beautiful. That's not how it works. But this is what it means. It means um, the circumstances of your life might change, but your life has changed. Scripture tells us that you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And all we do is we believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead and we confess that with our mouth and we believe that we're saved. So I just want to tell you today, I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for you. Um, if you prayed that prayer, whether you raised your hand or not, I want to encourage you. There's a card that looks like this one in the seat back in front of you. On one side, it says need prayer. On the other side, it says salvation. If you would take a moment and fill out the side of the card that says salvation, what happens with this is we'll take this information and our team is going to get a hold of you. We want to connect with you and help you take the next step in your faith journey. We want to help you grow uh, and get connected in a relationship with people in this church that can help you grow in your faith. We want to help you connect resources that can help you grow. Um, and, and at the end of the day, the Christian life is not an easy life to live. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. It's challenging. It's tough. But it's easier in the context of relationships when we have people with us that are supporting us and helping us. And that's what this is all about. If you're watching online right now or maybe you're in the room and uh, you, you didn't respond or didn't want to respond with a card for whatever reason, I want to encourage you, uh, simply take out your mobile device, your cell phone. You can text the word SALVATION to the number 555-888. So if you responded today and you know God's speaking to your heart, um, simply text the word SALVATION to 555-888. We're going to respond to you and help you take the next step in your faith journey. This is what's going to happen right now. These guys are going to lead us in a couple more songs. We're going to worship together. We're going to go after God. And then in just a moment, uh, I'm going to come back up and I'll close this out and dismiss this. And we're also going to walk over and have a conversation with EJ about uh, what he's painting over there today. But while we're singing these last two songs, this is what you can do. Uh, I want you to go after God. I want you to reflect on what he's spoken to you today. Because uh, maybe he's spoken to you about something you need to lay down or a mindset that you need to move away from uh, to orchestrate your comeback. But we're also going to have our prayer team available on either side of this stage. So if you need prayer today, for whatever reason, don't you hesitate. Step out from your seat as we begin to sing. Find one of our prayer team members and let them agree with you in prayer. Why don't you stand to your feet all over the room. We'll worship together. And then in just a few minutes, we'll come back and we'll close out. Thank you so much. Let's worship together and go after God.